Hello and welcome to Britpop Banter. Oh God. Season two. <laughs> Season two. Post Britpop Banter. Yes. Doesn't quite roll off the tongue. In inverted commas. Is that yes? Those things. Yes. <laughs> wow. So first of all, big day. Kicking off the brand new season, right? After a big night, which was stupid. Well, was it stupid at the time? It was a it was a great time at the time. Well, this morning, a couple of coffees. We've got our electrolytes. I'd use the term coffee loosely. <sighs> With this plant based milk, <laughs> I have a. I give you the options. Options: almond or soy. Which one do you want? Oh, uh, none. <laughs> Um, so that's not helping this, to be honest. It's yeah, like it's dirty not... water. Oh, I can't wait. It's not that bad. All right, so this is season two. Um, we're on Facebook and Twitter at Britpop Banter. We are going to be so rusty in this episode. I like, think it'll I be mean, fine. You reckon? Yeah. I just heard you singing, mate. It was. Yeah, it's fine. You'll I... be. You're going to get power on through. Oh, yeah, straight in. Feel uh... better already. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> So, all views expressed on this podcast are 100% our own, and while we poke fun at some bands and artists, we appreciate their sacrifice and talent to create these albums. The disclaimer stays. We never talked about that. The disclaimer stays. Uh, yeah, it has to. Because it got us out of trouble last season. Well, it has to, because the, let's all be honest, a third of this podcast will be albums that you choose. <laughs> so, it's going to be very necessary, I feel. <laughs> this is why this, is, this, this season's going to... I feel like hashtag convictions is going to be just <laughs> painted on my forehead. Um, so let's talk about this season, right? Yes. So it's an interesting one because we thought about you know what what, what we're going to do, and we decided to look at the, the following ten years. And so the format is: you pick an album, yeah. I pick an album, and then the listener picks an album. Yeah. Now you don't know what's coming; you only know what you pick, right? So there's a bit of a surprise factor there. But also, as we discussed last night, I don't know what you're going to think of the albums I pick or vice versa. We don't know what we're going to think about the listeners' albums. So a listener may send an album and hashtag convictions from both of us, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So... And does the album that we pick, because to be honest, we've we've thought about the albums we want, like our own personal ones. And to be honest, there's a couple when I go back to listen to them, do they stand up? (sighs) Did they not? Did mm. I make the right choice? Yeah, okay. This is what we need to discuss. <laughs> so t- I'm looking forward to it. It's got makes it. So we've what what segments are we keeping in? What did we decide? So Guil- guilty pleasures is gone. It's gone. So we're going to keep song of the week. Song of the week, and we have well in this episode, but following we have some great songs already lined up, which is fantastic. Yeah, I love that section. Yeah. Um, Les says stays. Les says stays, and there is some. Interesting albums coming out in the, from now to the near future that we'll discuss and review. <laughs> and I like this one because we're going to be really in time with the release date of the albums. Okay. So it's going to be quite. Um, what's the word? Um, yep. Yep. <laughs> what's that word? Contemporary. Oh, wow. Whoa. Not bad. Yeah. That's not what I was thinking. Contemporary. It's right. not like we're going to talk about al- This is like albums that will be released. They'll read the Real review time. on en- Enemy, right? Then they'll listen to our review, uh-huh. and be like, "Wow, yeah, there's a real difference in the okay. thought okay. process there." All right, okay. So that stays. Um, Britpop one-liners. Yes, post Britpop one-liners. one-liners. We're going to keep that because we 
uh, we talked about it and we actually quite like hearing from everyone about their thoughts on bands. And especially these albums, right? Because the reality is, we started last... The, the last season one was Britpop. Yeah, yeah. Loosely. Yeah, Most loosely. of it. But... And people are really passionate about that yeah, yeah. time of the mm-hmm. music journey. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and so now, <laughs> I'd be really interested to see if the same people have that same passion for the albums that we're going to talk oh, about ten years later. Good call. So, yeah, all right. And, and also, will we, will we get new listeners because their interest is actually... That you know, for them yeah, yeah. might be what people felt about the year, yeah, the decade before. So I'd be keen to see: do these albums stand up? Do they have the same following? Do they create the same enthusiasm? We'll find out. <laughs> so the amount of albums was three hundred, yeah. just shy of three hundred albums that we collated. People sent us, um, and so if you want to pop an album. You want to send? Just email us, tweet us, whatever it is. Just send it through to us. Give us a, a quick rundown of why, why you like that album, and we'll reach out to you and, and talk about it on the show as well. The criteria is though Ooh. has to have been released between two thousand and two thousand and ten. Yep, and be in that British indie genre. Thank you. Needed that. Yeah, <laughs> because somebody might have sent us Westlife. That would that would have been upsetting for everyone. <laughs> shall we? Shall we talk about your uh, the email you sent me on on? Thursday, I think it was quite late, and you were quite excited about something. What were you, oh, what were yeah. you quite excited about? So, um, you might have probably guessed if you were a regular listener to this podcast that Kev likes to be organised. Yep, I not so much. No, quite happy to go with the flow, really. Yep. Yeah, um, but I thought, you know, new start, new season, gonna help him out. So, I'm gonna put some of the next few weeks' homework. Some of the albums haven't been released yet, but I'll give them a heads up and I'll put it in a spreadsheet. Whoa! In Excel. In Excel. So, you know, that was figuring out columns, rows, realising which is which. (laughs) Um, Delete column. No, I meant the long one. (laughs) Um, And then I sent it to you. Yeah. I was really pleased. And I had little things like LM rating. Yeah, yeah, you've actually done the proper... Yeah, yeah. In order, yeah, whole thing. whole thing. I was no borders. <clears throat> uh, I did. No, no, no borders. Yeah, it did. Really? Yes, because remember I said it took me a long time to figure out how to get those black ones. <laughs> I apologise. Yeah. So well. No colours. Haven't quite. No, well, that's for your own pleasure. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> My own Excel pleasure. But anyway, brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. Thank you. So, uh, well done. Thank you. It took me about but... four hours. But... <laughs> you could, probably couldn't find it on your work PC. You're like, oh, no. where's this Excel? Yeah. <laughs> it's the green icon, I think. <laughs> uh, so what are we doing? What's the first album we're doing? What are we doing? Doves. Wow. Lost Souls. Love this album. Oh, spoiler. That's it. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> oh, but do I still love the album? Oh, okay. <clears throat> um, this is an interesting one because I... I was here, and so I was in Australia that whole decade, right? So I, a lot of the bands or albums, I don't know. I've heard of yes. do- the Doves, Doves, but and I'll say that a lot. I've heard, I've heard of Doves, but never really like I've heard of them, never listened to them. Well, missing out. And so this was the first time for me going through and listening to them, which was really interesting. So we're going to go <clears> through <throat> that definitely on this um so this album was really easy for me to pick as the first one because when i actually think about what we think about our criteria it's one that we have to have loved 
meant something in that time. This album, I've got various stories that I can share throughout this podcast Mm -hmm. about why this was for me without even going back and listening to it straight front of mind. I really want to talk about this album. And obviously I've spent the last couple of weeks really listening to it again in depth. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously discuss if it still resonates with me the same way. Okay. So before we get into that, how we haven't seen each other for almost two months. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's, well, it's mid-Feb. You left and it's sort of close to Christmas. Where you been? (laughs) Where have I not been? (laughs) Um, I went to Scotland. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. How was it? It was cold. Okay. Um, Did it snow? No. Didn't snow? Got a wee bit of frost. Wee frost. That was nice. A wee bit of frost. Um, Got quite a bit of rain. Uh Uh-huh. Quite a bit of... Temperatures with a minus in the front of them. Oh. Um, but it was amazing. Great seeing friends, great seeing family. It was great being back. Um, spent some time in London, went to Oxfordshire to see a friend. That mm-hmm. was cute. Mm-hmm. And then up to Scotland. Spent New Year's Eve in Edinburgh with my family. Saw the fireworks That'd from Edinburgh amazing. Castle. Um, I just forgot how much that flight sucks. How long is the flight? It's so bad. It's like... But all in all, you travel for like 30, over 30 hours. What? When you think about it, you got to stop and then you get on again. It's a long way. Oh. And it's boring. <laughs> How did you, uh, did you get much music at all? Do you go to gigs or listen to, to what's on music? No. no. Nothing. Just ignored it. Yeah. Watch movies on the plane. Listened to loads of music, treated myself to some nice noise cancelling headphones for the flight. Oh, nice. Best thing I ever did. Okay. Yep. Um, But not really. And when you were back in the UK, sorry, I should have clarified that question. When you were back in the UK, the music scene, did you see any gigs? No, I did not. Okay. Um, Did you listen to Radio 1? Any any sort of... I'm too old for Radio (laughs) 1. That became screamingly clear. (laughs) I'm not yet old enough for Radio 2, though, so I'm in this, like, Weird limbo <laughs> of BBC radio stations Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'd flick Oh, radio to listen to that But it might be a bit hectic mm-hmm. But then they'd play a good song Ah And then I'd go to Radio 1 And it would just be like Oh, and this is Stormzy's new track Oh, that's a bit much um, It's just <laughs> Like it was Yeah, it's a, it's a feel that I think if you're in your late 30s Early 40s You're in that limbo Because even the presenters on Radio 1 You're just too much and then on Radio 2, but speed up a bit. Oh, so, that, oh, right, okay, got it. Yeah, I'm in that, I was in that weird limbo. Oh. But it was nice to listen to radio stations that actually sound professional. Yes. I'm just going to throw that out there. Okay. No offence, Australia. <laughs> Speaking of Australia, so you went back to the UK and I was stuck here. And uh, it was pretty much Armageddon over uh, over Christmas because... Yeah, I know. We had the... Massive bushfires over here. How much coverage did that get back in the UK? Loads. Loads. Um, my like, yeah, I'm just going to smash the political stuff right out. Why not? What I really found interesting was, and I loved it, is that the UK's view on how nonsense our Prime Minister is was amazing. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. They were like, who's this guy? Basically, BBC News at 6 pm. Who's this guy? Picture Scott Morrison. Scott and just basically, when they do, you know, when they do like the like the current affairs shows and then they look at the newspapers and they discuss things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were just like, 
Who's this clown going to Hawaii? What's yeah. this moron? Yeah. Why is he trying to force somebody to shake hands with him oh, when they clearly lost their house? Like they were basically going, why is climate change still a debate uh, in Australia when the country's on fire? Yeah. Australia has the 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 distance and the vastness of what has actually been destroyed is bigger than Scotland. Mm-hmm. You are correct. Just just let that sink in, and yet we're still debating whether. Climate change is a thing mm-hmm. in this country. Mm-hmm. And what we're going to do is we might just build another coal mine just to make sure we kill every single koala there is. Because we've not done it yet, but we're close. So what I'll do is, after I've been on my trip to Hawaii, my little holiday, <laughs> and I've had a couple of pina coladas by the pool, taking a f- couple of selfies with some Aussies with my board shorts on, I'll then come back and then I'll destroy the natural habitat. That's what I'll do. It's good. It's good. That's what I'll do. I've got the next three years to do that, so... Thank you, everyone, for voting for him. So literally 10 minutes in. Sorry, but 10 minutes into the angry? new season. Off we go. All right, so I've got some facts about the bushfires, right? Ready? So since September, bushfires have raised an estimated 25 million hectares in Australia. So it's an area larger than South Korea and 7 million more acres than burned in the Brazilian Amazon rainforest last year. For people in the USA, it's the size of the entire state of Virginia. That's gone. Insane. Gone. Uh, So in terms of how this happens, so natural causes is to blame most of the time, like lightning strikes in drought-affected forests. Humans can also be blamed for this. So New South Wales have uh, charged 24 people uh, with arson, Uh, but there's over 200 that are under investigation (laughs) Which is just hor- horrific. Like, but I also think you need to check those things because we the the Australian got into, the Australian newspaper got into trouble for talking about arson and actually getting their facts wrong because the reality is they want to make it sound like it's arson because that's a lot easier than blaming climate change. Right. So I'd be checking that. Well, thanks. Uh, impact. It's really sad news. Like twenty eight people were killed so far. The firefighters themselves, uh, four firefighters died as mm. well. They got they got caught. One billion animals. I mean, that's what's that? One billion animals what's are that? dead. I mean, what is that? That is just... What is that? 2,000 homes, gone. Uh, I mean, so in Sydney, like where I live is, is obviously in a fire zone. Uh, we were actually okay. Like, thankfully, nothing got too close to us. Um, but for us in, in Sydney, the breathing... Like, we, there were some days where we couldn't actually leave the house... Because the smoke was so dense yeah. outside, you, you actually couldn't <clears throat> breathe. Um, like Sydney in December, the air quality measured eleven times the hazardous level. Like yeah. it was just uh, incredible. December eighteenth was the hottest day in the country's history, with average temperatures hitting one hundred and five degrees Fahrenheit or forty point nine degrees Celsius. Um, the smoke actually drifted across New Zealand. Yeah, that is. Unbelievable. So it was really. But let's not do anything about it. Let's see. Really, the the government response to it is just being. Oh, it's horrible. It's embarrassing. Yeah. Um, and it sort of feels like. And then we've moved into so we've sort of moved into something else because the coverage was non-stop and all sorts of stuff. We've actually we're sitting here and it's raining, and the which last is great. which is fantastic. The last couple of days has just rained non-stop and it feels weird having a rainy day, right? Yeah, it does. So, but we're in summer and it's hammering it down. Good. So it's just so that's fantastic news. Um, 
but now you we've moved on to something else and I think the the attention's gone because now we're on coronavirus. Yeah. Which is something else. <sighs> What's going on with the world? Yeah. And what we'll do is we'll put people who potentially might have coronavirus into Christmas Island. Mm-hmm. That's What's on. Christmas Island? It's basically a detention centre. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, good. Another good response there. It's good. I just, honestly, how humane our government is just is amazing. It makes me so happy. It gives me such great joy for, for human nature. So, um, yeah. Have you heard about, um, so Scott Morrison's our, our Prime Minister and um, he's called ScoMo. And have you heard about well, the he's term? Worse than that. Have you heard? Yeah, have you heard about going for a scomo? It's like yes. it's it's when you disappear when the time gets tough. Like you just, 100%. I'm taking a scomo. Yeah. How bad is that? Um, you won an award. I did. What did you win an award for? You HR professional. Uh, I won an award at work for being good. <laughs> Attendance. Um, yeah. <laughs> It was very unexpected. It was a, and it was amazing. Did not expect that, but it was a great day. DJed after. Yeah, so, so I want to I want to talk about this a little more because I think you're underselling it. Because how yeah, many? I'm a bit how, embarrassed. Yeah, I don't you, know why I'm embarrassed. I don't know why because this last is... night you didn't stop talking about it. <laughs> well, I showed you. I talked about it once. Yeah. So how many people were at the oh, event gala? Like 600 or something, 700. Yeah, you had your big name come up on the screen. Big you're all dressed name. up nice. It was. What was the award for? Um, It's the Business Partnership Award. Wow. For, yeah. Look at People you. People nominated me. Anyway, that's, no one cares. So, <laughs> but thank you, Kevin. I think it's lovely. Think it it's is nice. lovely. It was great. It was an amazing um, opportunity. The best part of it was that then I then... Um, DJ'd at the after the awards we had some music so we had a band but then I DJ'd in the middle the best part was that there was an app for the event that yep. we ran yep. and somebody put um, we're going to have an international DJ <laughs> which you know technically is true a colleague of mine said they were on the bus from the hotel to the event and they heard two people who were quite young say oh I reckon the international DJ is Calvin Harris <laughs> what a disappointment <laughs> when it's Leslie from HR <laughs> They must have been like that. What? Oh. So, okay. sorry for that. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you play? You know, songs that people ask Trance. For. Heavy trance. That was it. Hands in the air. <laughs> reaching for the lasers. No. It was a bit of, you know, living on a prayer. Oh. A bit of Justin Timberlake. Oh. A bit of, um, I can't even remember. I've tried to block it out. You what know, the, the songs that people like to dance to. What was the song you got the most requests for? The most requests for... Well, I got a lot of requests for Jump by House of Pain. Ah, the album that I did not review. No, yeah. and so then people really wanted that song. They also wanted this, that one, um, I get this feeling in summer. I didn't have it. Oh, OK. Um, Justin, again, he seems like a popular... Who this Justin Timber? He seems like, like oh. you know. Seems like a popular fella. He does. <laughs> Didn't you get Usher? Usher a lot. Yeah. DJ's got us falling in love again. Played that. <laughs> <sighs> My decks are still crying in their box. <laughs> <laughs> Mummy will get you out soon, and we'll play some nice house music. <laughs> uh, anything else before song of the week? No. Oh, God. 
Uh, right, song of the week. I am pumped for this because this yes. literally came in last night. Boom! So, hot off the press, our friends, our lovely friends, Moonlight Parade, who have, were the very first song of the week, uh, we've been chatting to them. They were actually going to release the song a bit later on. They've given it to us early to play. Um, the EP is coming later this year. We've got a new song from them called Hang Glider. Amazing. Amazing, isn't it? So anyway, let's play your hang glider. Here we go. Thank you, Moonlight Parade. On form, boys. Absolutely fantastic song. song again, and thank you so much for everything. Right. Let's say it. 
she does. <laughs> Would you like to know what she says? Yeah, go. Okay. So, hot off the press. Oh, have you missed this segment? I love lot. it. Because I've got my wee notes, which I printed off this time and everything. Pen. You're a new person this yeah, season. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, Next week I'll be back to normal with a bit of paper with a scribble on it, but that's So fine. can we talk about, just briefly, while I remember, because I'm starting to warm up now. Um... <clears throat> Last night was supposed to, we haven't seen each other for a while, you messaged me and you're like, we, can't, we need to catch up, we need to talk about my ideas and thoughts about season two. Yeah. I'm like, oh, where's this, who's this, what's going on? Yeah. And I'm like, oh no, okay, right, get prepared. And you're like, bring a pen and a bit of paper, yeah. right? And I'm like, first of all, who brings just a blank piece of paper it's and a pen? Who <laughs> does that? Oh, it sounded At the pub. Like, sounded like a good idea. Okay, maybe I'll just use my phone. But... So we're like, okay, I'm pumped, ready for this. Like, right, what's your stuff? And she's like, I've forgotten it. I've forgotten my paper. I've left it at home. <laughs> <laughs> it's all in my head, though. It's all in your head. We did it. Yeah. We got it. All right, okay, cool. So what are we doing? We're doing Bombay Bicycle Club. <sighs> Everything else has gone wrong. And we're doing The Blossoms with Foolish Loving Spaces. So um, Blossoms only got released last week. Uh, Bombay Bicycle Club earlier in the month um, so both you know newly released albums <laughs> um, it's because we're contemporary that's exactly why <laughs> so Bombay Bicycle Club have been um, around for a while right? they've been around for a while it's been a while it's been a long hiatus from their last album <laughs> But they're back um, with everything else has gone wrong. So I'm going to jump straight into the reviews. This actually is going to be really interesting because I would have... Anyway, I'm not going to give it away, but it's been... This has been tricky. I'm not going to lie. This has been controversial right from the outset. <laughs> anyway, Bombay Bicycle Club. Pitchfork gave it 5.9 out of 10. Ooh! Mm. Interesting. Oh. Ask ten people to describe the sound of Bombay Bicycle Club and you'll probably get ten different answers. It all depends when you got into them. Perhaps you thrashed along to Bombay Bicycle Club's post-punk punk jams at the pub in 2009. When they released their debut, I had the blues but I shook them loose. Mm. Great album. Um, or maybe you were more into the stark genre flip of their 2010 follow-up Flaws, which was more freakish whisper folk. If you got into them around 2012 to 2014, you'd have heard more expansive ideas, such as a rush of electronic lifeblood, particularly on their best record to date, 2014's See you So Long, See You Tomorrow. Throughout their career, the UK band shifted from one identity to the next, and when they hit their peak, they announced they were going to take an indefinite break. However, this album is the sound of an ever-curious, shape-shifting band finally finding the confidence to tell us who they really are but they are not telling us anything we didn't already know Ooh, alright, okay 5.9 5. out of 10 isn't great, I mean mm. they make that sound better than it is um, NME, 3 out of 5 Okay. This comeback does a fine job of updating the, the beloved indies band's trademark style, though there are sometimes too many ideas jostling for attention. Oh. Lyrically, it feels rawer and more honest than the band have ever been. The gorgeous I Worry About You is filled with the fear that you have for the loved ones in your life. 
I know it never shows, but I worry about you. The dance hall tinge, do you feel loved, scrutinises society's reliance on social media. And it's these moments of authenticity that are a reminder of what a brilliant band Bombay Bicycle Club can be. And despite a handful of lacklustre moments on the album, everything else has gone wrong, permeates the band's trademark sound with fresh ideas. Everything else may have gone wrong, but in amongst the chaos, it is sure good to have Bombay Bicycle Club back. Okay. Three out of five. Three out of five. Okay. Kevin, I'm going to hand it over to you first. (laughs) You tell me your thoughts on the old Bombay Bicycle Club album. Okay. Uh, Let's start with the good. Um, I actually, you know, okay. So Get Up, the introduction is good, but it doesn't go anywhere. Uh, is it real? Everything else has gone wrong. I can hardly speak. Is the best song on the album. Eat, sleep, wake. Nothing but you is the second best song on the album. Do you feel loved and let you go? Uh, the mayor is good day. People, 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 people's a bit cheesy, mm. and racing stripes. Overall, this is an okay album. Um, nothing wowed me, but it's a nice album. Um, if you had it on the background, I'd be I'd be fine with it. We'd maybe listen. Like I'd, I wouldn't turn it off. I'd leave it on. I'd maybe talk to it. Um, nothing grabbed me. Nothing stood out on this album for me to go running back to it. But I have because we because I knew about it for a while. I've listened to it a few times now, and I, I quite like the album. It's nothing new. It's pretty safe, but it's a good, solid, decent indie album. Six out of ten. So I am bang with enemy on that one. Yeah, okay. So good tracks. I really like Get Up as the start. And right. doesn't go anywhere, but it kind of it's just like, oh that's good, nice little introduction. Okay. It's not the slap in the face, not a punch in the face. <laughs> but it's kinda of like, oh I don't like I don't know, grab me. Um Is it real? I can hardly speak. Eat sleep. Um wake. People, people, I really like the female vocals on it breaks up the album, I think. It's okay. nice to have that bit yeah, of a okay. break. Um let you go. Bad sort. I agree. Good day is annoying, um, and racing stripes. Okay. Um, I loved Bombay Bicycle Club's first album, mm-hmm. and then I've got I've missed a few of their albums in the middle. Mm. Um, I'm going to go back and listen to them now because I really enjoyed this album. Did you? Yeah, I found it um, easy to listen to, but not like as in it's boring. As in, I just enjoyed the music. I enjoyed. I did enjoy the lyrics. I think his voice is great. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was, I don't know what I expected, mm-hmm. and it was a nice. Okay. It, it it was great in the fact that I hadn't listened to them for so long, and I went, I actually enjoy this album, and I've actually listened to it outside yeah. of having to do this exercise. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to give it seven and a half out of ten. Nice, good start. Yeah, good start. Okay. So we move on to the blossoms. Or okay. Blossoms. Now, yeah. their last album. From memory, I scored high, like 8 out of 10. Mm. Like, really liked it, mm-hmm. really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So, and have been really looking forward to the release of this album. Okay. So, I basically said to you, we're doing that as homework. I know it doesn't get released for a while, but I want to do it. I'm excited. Yeah, you, you, you put me in. It's like, I, thanks. You're not getting anything else. No, we're waiting, wait. waiting, waiting, and then it dropped. Yep, and I was like, and I'm comfortable with that. So, straight in, NME gives it 4 out of 5. Oof. Blossoms are band-defying time. The Stockport five-piece's current look is straight from the 70s with daring flares, silky shoulder length and the odd porn star Tash. <laughs> they utilise the same party vibes as 80 bands like the Talking Heads and their playful, often self-deprecating hijinks recreate the mischief of 90s Britpop and grunge. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, the misconception that Blossoms are just lads with guitars is gleefully shattered as both disco, my swimming brain, and stroke style electro like gravity are not just explored but mastered. And most importantly, it's loads of fun. Um, basically, they then go on to say that. Um, the last song on the album is perhaps the most memorable and joyful song they've ever done, set to dethrone Charlemagne's reign as their live show's most euphoric moment. Oh, interesting. Yes. Okay. Guardian. Three out of five. Towards the beginning of the decade, with indie conclusively out to pasture, a handful of male groups that might once have made mileage out of beefing in the NME cannily started acting more like boy bands. In 1975, Cabbage and Blossoms embraced their female fan bases, not to mention the role of a floppy-haired pin-up and stopped slagging off pop. Um, the uncool un- comparisons are no slight against Blossoms. Fully, foolish loving spaces is delightful, full of tight gems such as The Keeper, which layers stomping piano, gospel backing vocals and a final touch of fizzing guitar. And if you think this is real life, which channels Graceland's festive earnest. Um... Tame Impala cleared away the stoner haze and wrote some actual choruses and Blossoms have gone on to do the same. This leans too far into drippy good boy boy 70s music but the band's marvellously uncool overhaul is endearing and well tuned. Okay. Hmm. I don't know about the comparison to the 1975. Yeah. No. Anyway, yeah. Okay. Well, you go first on this one. Yeah, I'm going to. So, um... The first track, I hate it. Like, hate. I've put it in capital letters. I hate the first track, cheesy shit. Capital letters. <laughs> hate it. Absolutely despised. It was so sad. Like, has to be one of my most disappointing musical moments of the last couple of years. What? It's been released now, pumped, Spotify on, in the car, on to work. I was like, that what? And I'm like, that. I'm, I must have the wrong album. Oh, no. Did it get any better? No, it didn't. <gasps> it's catchy. The album is catchy, but at the same time, it's annoying. It's a bit juvenile, and I get why they're saying they've gone back to, like, like I don't know, like getting their female fan bases. I mean, I don't know if gender's anything to do with it, so that kind of annoyed me, but what they've done is they have kind of celebrated... They've gone, they've gone very poppy, and not in a good way. So... I honestly was like, this is just nonsense. What on earth are they doing? It's like they've gone back five years. The f- it's, look, it's well produced. I get the fact that it's fun and some people will love love that. But it's honestly, it's the previous album had much more mature sound. Yes, it was pop indie, the last album. But there was some mature moments in that album. And the, lyrically, this is pants as well. And you're like, what are you talking about? It's like, if I was 12, I'd love this album. I'd have their posters on my wall and I'd be like, they're really great, I love it. I hate it. So, um, <laughs> I'm clearly too old to be the target audience and that's fine. Um, wow. I might get into some tracks that I liked. Uh, no. Like, My Swimming Brain was okay. My Vacant Days was actually quite a nice song. Like Gravity is the best song on the album and it's the only song on the album that actually goes, do you know what, that's actually... A mature sounding track and I enjoy it. That is it. The rest of it, and then they all sound the same for the first four songs. Oh. And I'm like, I can't do this. Like, your girlfriend. Oh, 
what you are 12. I gonna give her a ring, but I want to spend time with her, but she's got a boyfriend, so I can't, is basically what the song's about. <laughs> and oh no, I think I'm in love. Wow. Oh no, I'm gonna turn this album off. Four oh, out of ten. Four? Oh my god, I did not see that coming Sorry. at all. Sorry. Sorry, Blossoms. Sorry. Wow. Convictions are back straight in. I'm sorry, but it was just a really, really tough listen and so sad. I don't know how I go from 8 out of 10 for their other album. Still listen to The Blossoms, to this. I don't know what, what happened. Wow. I'm not going to top that one. Um, I didn't hate it as much as you did. Um, I, I actually liked this. I will agree. If you think This Is Real Life is a god-awful song, but I tell you what, it gets stuck in your damn head. I caught myself singing it a couple of times. I'm like, oh, uh, 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 uh." it just go in your head. You'd be like, oh, but it's a bad song to kick off the album. It sticks out like a sore thumb and it's really annoying. Um, So I don't like that song, but I do like the rest of the album though. So I like Girlfriend I think The Keeper Is the best song In the album Yes that is That's a really good song Sunday was a friend of mine Oh no I think I'm in love with you Romance Falling for someone Like Gravity The last track is good I kind of feel It's almost like a And then it just Sort of dwindles away But it's it's actually Get rid of the first track And you actually have yourself A decent album Um, I liked it I think it's fun Upbeat It's charming There's not a I mean If you think This is real life Take that off um, to me, it's a summer's album. Like, if you were to put it on and we were outside having a few beers or we're in the pool or something like that, like, it's a nice sunny... I would stick my head under the water <laughs> in the pool and ask you when it's finished. It's not... How a... long can I hold my breath for? You really dislike this I, album. Honestly, it's so sad. I'm so sad. The fact of the matter is, I actually feel we've actually delayed the launch of season two just so we could review Blossoms in some part of my brain to have to and then listen to it. I was so excited. Wow. Have we had an album like that where you've been that... I don't know. This is like... Disappointed. This is look, I am, devastating. I'm not, I, look, I I'll actually, never listen to it again. Like, never. Really? I've unfollowed Blossoms on Spotify. I'm so sad. Oh, my God! It's so, <laughs> so sad. <laughs> you've cut them off. Like, I might in time go back to their other album when I've got over the initial heart. But, you know, it's going to take some time. I'm just going to need time. Time heals. Wow. I'm actually speechless. Uh, I like this more than the Bombay Bicycle Club album. Insane. I I like this. Um, I think it's a charming, fun album. It's not great, though. 7 out of 10. Okay. (laughs) You hated that album. Really did. Next week, though. What is next? Oh, yeah, next week. Next week, we have... Band by the name of Circle Waves with their album Happy, again just newly released, okay. and the Curtainers with their new album More Again Forever. Okay. So, um, looking forward to talking about those two. I really am. I really need something else. Who <laughs> 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 shall we get into the album that we're here to talk about? Um, which is Dubs. Um, so this wasn't just your pick. So we had um, Pop and Roll Star, Shoe Tipper and Chesh also picked this album as well as you. So obviously people love this album, are very fond of it. This album's completely new to me. So this is, is it really? completely new wow, to me. I thought yeah. you were kidding. No, no, I'm serious. So shall we get into this week's album? Anything else? 
No, I think I've Let's said pick my you piece. Back. I can't believe it. Far out. I've really been quite vocal in this episode. I thought I was going to take it easy. Promised myself that I would rein it in. How's your hangover? That I would. This electrolyte's done the business. It's done it, has it? Yeah, I it feel heaps better too. Um, all right, so Doves Lost Souls album cover. It's it's a it, sort of black cover with lights. It's actually um, the design and artwork was done by uh, a Doves collaborator called Rick Myers. Myers has done the artwork and design for all of Doves albums and singles from 1998 Cedar. Uh, the photography was done by another frequent Doves collaborator, Richard Mulhern. And the boxer featured in the photo is Sean McHale of the Ardwick Lads Boxing Club. Because at first glance, you don't see the boxer. Like you know how it's it's a black it's a yeah. black silhouette. The lights turn forward. You do, and then I'm like, oh yeah, it is. Okay, it is. Um, it was released right at the start, like third of April two thousand. Literally kicking off the Straight day. In. Was that deliberate? Oh uh, yeah. Think? I'd like to say it was, but probably not. No. Right, uh, so it was recorded, even though it was released in 2000, it was recorded over several years between 1996 and 2000, which we'll cover. This is Dove's debut album, their previous album, and we will talk about it. Sub Sub. Yeah, yeah well, it snaps the Sub Sub. What a song. So we're going to come, we're going to talk about them. What followed it was the last broadcast in 2002, which got to number one. The label was Heavenly Records. Also on that label, Beth Orton, Sin Etienne, and Monkey Mafia. Do you remember Monkey Mafia? Yes, I do. They, their albums, Shoot, Shoot the Boss, I think it is, is one of my all-time favourite electric albums. It oh. is just, sense, it still sounds good today. Um, recorded at New Order's uh, recording studio. Our producer, Doves and Steve Osborne, um, he only did one track. It's an hour long, Les. 12 tracks, 59 minutes. This is a long, long album. Mm-hmm. It only got to number 16. Didn't make the top 10. Nope. And how long was it in the charts, Leslie? Oh. Oh, 23 weeks. 36. Oh. Oh, not bad. You ready for the charts? Yes, yeah, I've been missing the charts. <laughs> and this will be interesting, 2000. 2000. We're not going to get any more Celine Dion, are we? Promise me. Uh, no. Yes. Let's go, let's go. So, albums... Uh, albums Donny Osmond This is the moment For God <laughs> Number 9 White Ladder by David Gray Oh, oh no. no We need to Yes He was here About Oh no and I went Six months ago Tickets were like One million dollars so. Tickets were so expensive yeah, At the end more It was like Two hundred dollars a ticket To see David Gray And I'm like ah, Mate who Who do you think you are um, Guess who I bought Tickets to see Go on Alanis Morissette <laughs> Playing Jagged Little Pill from start to finish. No, where is she? Yep. Oh, that'd be good. She's going to swear. She's going to swear to her now. And I'm she? just going to laugh. <laughs> People around me are going to go, you're an adult. You can say the F word. <laughs> but I'm still going to go. <laughs> so in the States, it's Alanis Morissette and Garbage touring, which yeah. is what they did 20 odd years ago. We've got Julia Stone. We've got Julia Stone. Um, when's that? April. Okay. We're going to line some gigs up. We haven't got any yeah. gigs, do we? I'll review that and we'll discuss it. In April. Awesome. Uh, number eight, this is where I came in, the Bee Gees. Oh, what is going on? Number seven, Mechanical Wonder by Ocean Colosseum. Wow. Gorillas by Gorillas. Oh, Gorillas. The Ultimate Collection, Billy Joel. Jesus. Dido, No Angel. <gasps> Songbird by Eva Cassidy. Oh my God, what a beautiful album. I can't even, I'm going to cry. <laughs> I went to see her story. Her, she's honestly one of the most amazing voices in the world. 
that was actually released after she'd died. So she'd recorded the album, she was young and she got cancer and she died, really young, so really sad story. Beautiful voice, she fought really hard to be spotted, to get found. Somebody from Radio 2, from memory, actually heard it. I want to say Terry Wogan, but I could be lying, but somebody found it and then rele- and then started to play the tracks. Got released after her death and was this huge thing. Then there was a stage show about her life that I went to see and it was in Sydney. That is an absolutely beautiful album. She's got the voice that you'll never hear again. Wow. How old was she when she Oh, young, like 30s. Really? Yeah, young. Maybe 20s. I can't oh, remember. that's terrible. But... Well, there you, go. you go from that to Hearsay with the album Pop Stars. Oh. Very... I've got a story about Hearsay. <laughs> Did you bunk school? No, you were good enough. Bunk work no, to no. go and see them. So when I was at uni <laughs> in Edinburgh, because I'd started uni now. So this is like, I'm at uni now. This yeah. is, we've moved from school. All yeah. these albums, I'll be at uni, you'll be somewhere else. Um, I'm here. Then I'll be, and then, but anyway, I then got a work experience at Radio Forth, which is the local radio station in Edinburgh. I forgot about this. Yeah. Part of which was. I got to interview Hearsay. No way. Way. Oh my way God. On the radio. So first of all, who's Hearsay? So they were this UK manufactured band. It was like a TV show. It was pop stars. They, what? Yeah, pop and stars. They, and they all got all... picked. And it was like mixed. It was like boys and girls, mixed band. I remember like calling like the guy with the Welsh fella with the dark hair. And then it was like, I remember them all. Ish. And then there was one who ended up being in Coronation Street with a dark hair, forgot her name. Anyway, they were on and they had just released their first single, whatever it was, can't remember. And the DJ of the show, because I was actually doing this work experience. Oh, there they are. Said, Do you want to be part of this interview? And I was like, Who are you interviewing? Hearsay laughed out loud. Oh. Yeah, amazing. Let me do that. So I interviewed them on the radio. That's them. That's them. There's yeah. the Welsh fella. Yeah, and her in the middle, she ended up being in Coronation Street. Did she? Yeah. Right. Um, so, you interviewed Hearsay? I did. What were they like? On the radio. Like, nice, fun. Yeah, 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 great. I'm so happy to release this. Just nonsense. <laughs> it was fun. I mean, it was great experience. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How long did you work there for? It was two weeks. Oh, so it's just a, like a short stint. And I met Holly Valance. Remember her? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She did that song, Kiss Kiss. I yep. got a signed copy of it. She actually thought I was a receptionist and I didn't know what she was talking about. <laughs> um, anyway, the whole thing was bizarre. But that's just, there you go. So that's another... How is it like, this is just a treasure chest of getting <laughs> stuff out of you. Uh, number one, uh, Just Enough Education to Perform by The Phonics. Mm. We're not... Reviewing that album. <laughs> make them up, make them up though, right? <laughs> Singles, are you ready for the singles in yep. 2000? Because if you if you, if you you get a hint from uh, the albums, I have to give you number 11. Normally I don't do an 11. An 11 is Wheatus with Teenage Dirtbag. I hate that song <laughs> so much. He's <laughs> just a teenage dirtbag, baby. Awful. Would you have played it? At your, if someone had come up and said, can no, you play me? There's some songs that you draw the line. So you would just go, nah. I don't have it. No. Nah. Well, it's not working. Um, you know that so there is do you know the Saturday Night Live um, skit of I'm on a boat that thing it's no. Justin Timberlake anyway the, anyway it's a skit I was DJing once and I was playing this sort of really slow proggy dance music and halfway through these suits um, came up to me and were like can you play that I'm like mate no first of all I don't have it 
Two, do you think it would... Just no. It's annoying, isn't it? It's really annoying. Yeah. And then I felt really bad for not doing it. But well, I'm like, I, really, I, no. come on. Don't feel bad. Anyway. Don't feel bad. Right, so Teenage Dirtbag. Ten, Let Love Be Your Energy by Robbie Williams. Do you like any Robbie Williams songs? Nah. None. None. Oh, I do. Millennium? I just want to feel... Really? Okay, so like one bad. song. Yeah. Okay, that's a good song. Let love be your energy. Nah. Number nine, Westlife, Uptown Girl. Oh, oh god, it's the worst song in the world. Then covered by the worst band in the world. <laughs> Amazing. Number nine, Hole Again by Atomic Kitten. Oh, <laughs> oh. It's like we just tipped into a decade and we all went deaf. Nineties <laughs> are over, everyone. <laughs> Don't need your ears. <laughs> oh. Butterfly, Crazy Town. Come on. <laughs> what was I remember that song? That was ridiculous. Uh, number six, Clint Eastwood by The Gorillas. Oh, yeah. Uh, five, Pure and Simple by Hearsay. Oh, oh that was it. Pure. I had to read them. What do you think of that? Do you think you'll get to number one? Yeah, we're just so happy to be together. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Do you remember what it went like, the song? No. Okay. Uh, four, Out of Reach, Gabrielle. <laughs> <laughs> All for You by Janet Jackson. Oh, it's had that all, all for, for you. you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> number two. It wasn't me, Shaggy. <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and number one, what took you so long, Emma Bunton? What took you so long? What took you so long? Oh, that's quite a nice song, yeah. isn't it? Okay, so the charts. Thoughts on the charts in the Awful. early two thousand. Like this is. It's only going to get worse, by the way. It's going to get worse. <laughs> wow. All right, on to good music. Yes. Doves. Yes. And not the doves, which I'm sure I'm going to say by accident many times during this episode. That's okay. Uh, they're twin brothers, Jez and Andy Williams, and Jez. Yep, and Jimmy Goodwin from Cheshire in England. This is from taken from Stereogum. Uh, hailing from near Manchester, the group's pedigree touched several other significant areas, eras of British music. They were raised on the likes of Joy Division and the Smiths, darker acts that had also proved Manchester a worthy music town. Their, their bond was solidified in their teenage years during the Manchester craze. It was literally rekindled by the club scene as the brothers ran into their old childhood friend Goodwin on the dance floor at the legendary Hacienda in the late 80s. The three uh, decided to form a band, it wasn't called Doves. First, the trio channeled their love of dance music into Sub Sub. Now, I'm pumped. I'm actually... So I'm like, Sub Sub, right, oh, what they have? And really, they only had one big hit, which is Ain't No Love, Ain't No Use. If there ain't no love, there ain't, ain't no, no use. I can walk up, I can walk up through. Um, it got to number three in the UK mm -hmm. in 1993. Now, so I went, I'm going to have a cheeky listen to the album, right? Did you? Yep. Full Fathom Five. Yep. Now, 1993. Mm -hmm. What did you think of this album? I didn't mind it. I think it's really good. Yeah. I like, I put it on, I'm like, ah, this sounds really good. Still holds up. And actually, the Ain't No Use is a great song, but it's like track six or something like that. And you, I'm actually like, I'm really enjoying one, two, three. And I forgot 
that Ain't No Use was on the album and it just slides in and you're like, oh, what a belter of a song. And then, but the album, I was like, they were a great band. Yeah. Anyway, if you haven't, if you, if you haven't listened to Sub Sub, go and listen to it on Spotify. It's a really good album. Anyway, in an interview with NBH, NBAP, well, something like that, in 2015, it's interesting to see that you guys emerged from Manchester's vital dance and music scene and ended up doing something quite contrary on Lost Souls. How did that happen? Because it's a hell of a difference going from Sub mm-hmm. Sub, Sub to Doves, right? So Jimmy said this, house music and hip-hop came and sort of swept away everything before it for us. We were 17, 18 years old when the so-called acid house scene took hold uh, and at that age, you kind of become exclusively into this or that almost or that almost at the expense of everything else. That's how powerful it was for us. We nailed our flag to the wall for a while. Me, Andy and Jess were guitarists and drummers, but that took a backseat while we embraced this new music. Still not that much later, we started getting disillusioned with clubbing. It was getting ugly and violent out there. And around 1993, after we had had the hit, Ain't No Love, we felt that its heart had gone and we slowly started to think about incorporating guitars and drums and try to blend with all that we had learnt from the club scene. So, another thing happened. They had, in the studio, on their birthday, on, so on the twins' birthday, there, there was a fire broke out of the studio and it destroyed everything. Mm. Everything. So, it kind of, first of all, they were getting disillusioned with the dance scene, which is kind of weird when you think about it, because that song was massive. And the it album was, was the, the song was massive. The album is really good, and they just dropped it. They just went, nah, I'm not feeling it. We need to change direction. Uh, so the fire, on the fire, Jimmy said, yeah, we lost tapes, we lost equipment, but we were insured. If we weren't insured, we might not be here now. When 40 grand goes up, where would we be able to get that back at 22 years old? So yeah, we were lucky. It was a blessing in a way. I was laughing. After the initial shock, I started giggling, you know. It was like, what else are you going to throw at me, man? Come on, fucking bring it on. My, my, my bird just left me. What else you got? The only surviving recording material was recovered from the ashes. It was released as the Delta Tapes in February 1998, featuring early versions of the uh, Dove's track Fire Sweet Blue Water, as well as B-Sides Crust, Crunch and Lost in Watts. It's kind of a sign, right? Like... I mean, it's unfortunate, but your entire studio goes up, you lose everything, and you've kind of got this feeling that you want to try something new. It's kind of kind a of nudge. Is, it? It's a nudge, isn't it? Serendipitous. You are knocking them out of the park today. <laughs> well done. Um, where are we now? So, you abandoned Sub Sub somewhere around 1996, but it took you a few years before your first single, The Cedar Room, was released. Did you need the time to find your sound? Andy, we only wanted to release something if we were 100% sure of it. And us starting felt right in the high times of Britpop, but we never wanted to be part of that. We actually wanted to work against this. Um, So with the fire and the band changing their sound, they were dropped by 10 records. Virgin's dance label, label, picked up by Rob Gretton, who was the manager of New Order, co-owner of the Hacienda. He'd just set up his own uh, record label called Rob's Records. They started looking for a singer... And it was Rob who actually said, nah, you don't need one. Jimmy can do it. And so he stayed a three-piece. Imagine that as well. Like, that's kind of weird. Like, you go out searching for a singer and then someone goes, you sing. You're pretty good. And that's it. Easy. You've never had that. Yeah, I feel like that would definitely happen to me. (laughs) 
for sure. Uh, so they worked in New Orders, old recording studios, and they released three EPs over 98 and 99 before we got Lost Souls in 2000, after which the band signed with Heavenly Records. It was nominated for the Mercury Prize it's in 2000. Was. Didn't win. Oh, spoiler. Oh, sorry. Um, okay. So, let's go through the list. You tell me just what you think of the albums as we read through it, right? Good. Okay, let's do this. Violin Concerto by Nicholas Moore. It's one of my favourites. Yeah, up there. Yeah. Favourite song? Um, track three. The um, That one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sincere by MJ Cole. <gasps> I used to like MJ Cole, a bit of a garage. Be sincere. I've never done any yeah. of this with MJ Yeah, Cole. you have. Really? Yeah. I didn't like Be Garage. Sincere. I like that. Garage was one of the big things out of uh, the 2000s, wasn't it? Garage. It's a good album, that. Uh, Rhythm and Stealth by Leftfield. Oh, no. I knew I'd get you Swords. with Swords. One. Mm, one of the best dance tracks ever, ever. made. <sighs> yep, I agree with you. Parachutes by Coldplay. No, interesting. Decent album. Decent album. Got to give them that. Decent album. I went skew with, but then that was a decent album. Uh, Doves Lost Souls. Little Black Numbers by Catherine Williams. Yeah. Never. How to Steal the World by Helicopter Girl. Well, now, I... Do you actually know who this is? Yes. And there's... Why? I'm sure I went to uni with someone who absolutely loved this and I remember laughing. Really? What is it? Oh, it's going to come to me. Let okay. Me okay. The Great Eastern by the Delgados. Oh, yeah. The Contino Sessions by Death in Vegas. We haven't talked Death about Death in Vegas. Vegas. Beyond Skin by Natin Sawney. That's Swanee. No, it's, yeah, it's like kind of... How do you say his name? Natin Swahani. Yeah, I'm way off. Uh, Alone with Everybody, Richard Ashcroft. Oh, no, that was his first one, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Good album. Okay. Song and... for the lovers tonight. Do you remember who won this? Yeah, Badminton Boy. No. What's your thoughts? Boring. <laughs> don't like it? Nah. Really? I don't, right, that's wrong. You know what's coming down the pipeline this season, right? I don't not like it. I just didn't... I didn't float my boat. It was just a bit dull. Okay. Yeah. We got... Music of this decade was a bit like... Some of these albums were a bit like that. There are Some of them I liked mm-hmm. that were that kind of slow... Mm-hmm. Low tempo, introspective, I'd say. Okay. Versus Britpop, which is a bit in your face. Yeah. We kind of dialed it down again. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And this was one of those albums. Okay. Now, everybody had that album, everybody talked about it. You got a nice little massive. voice, acoustic. Yeah. It was okay. It's not like I dislike it. If it was on, I'd listen to it, but I never understood the appeal. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, Badly Drawn Boy is kind of ironic. Um, because Doves were actually his backing band in 1998. And in 1999, yeah. they released some music together and they played on each other's um, albums. <laughs> so it's pretty funny that they both get lined up for the Mercury Prize and badly wins it. Um, sadly, Rob, who the band uh, cite as being a big influencer on their careers, died in 1999 before the release of the album, which Doves dedicated to. So he kind of was the one that set them on the whole path. And unfortunately, he didn't get to see the album come out, which is a bit of a shame. Um, where are we so Jimmy it would be hindsight to wonder what the reaction would have been if we'd released Lost Souls in 1996 so they, they started recording it then right mm-hmm. I'm glad it wasn't ready I wasn't even singing in 1996 I was conveying ideas but it wasn't a unified decision like Jimmy you should do it because we're getting nowhere auditioning singers that was a bit later that was around 97 maybe even 98 
We were frustrated though. We wanted it out. It's totally different to Blur and Oasis. It seems to be the right time for it. So, question for you. If this had come out, mm-hmm. 96, 97, 98, yep. how do you think it would have done? Um... Not as well, like I said, it's a different type of album. Mm. It's a bit more introspective, it's quite haunting, it can be quite sad at times. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't necessarily know if that was, when you think of those big Britpop albums, if that was really in the same... It would have got lost a bit. I totally agree with you. Um, Whereas when I think about when we move into this decade, this is a standout. Yeah, yeah. Because of the way it shifts its style. And obviously the way that we go down, like Badly Drawn Boy winning the Mercury Music Prize. Ten years before that, you're having like, you know, Swedes nominated. And yeah, you've yeah. Got, and you've got... And yeah. I, I, yeah. So I think it would have got... Music's changed. Yeah, it would have got lost. I still think it would have been appreciated by a lot of people, but I don't think it would have... I don't think we'd have been talking about it. Cool. Um, final thoughts from Andy. The hit with Sub Sub, the fire, the reinvention, the loss of Rob. He said, The best thing was that after all the years of hard work and very testing times, we knew we were finally creating the sort of music we had always wanted to. That's lovely. Um, I did see one review which stood out uh, in The Guardian by a guy called Chris Salmon, who picked this as his favourite album ever. Yeah, right. Lost Souls is, then, an album built on sadness. But it's a majestic sadness. And many dozens of listens, it still moves and invigorates me. I certainly can't think of an album I'd rather wallow in. It's beautiful, isn't it? It is beautiful. Um, So I'm going to cut it and not talk about any of the further um, career of Doves, because we may cover that off another episode. But they had, uh, they released the last broadcast, which Mm -hmm. went to number one in 2002. Lost Sides. Uh, in 2003, which is the B-side collection. Some Cities, number one, 2005. Kingdom of Rust, number two, in 2009. The band took a break. Jimmy done a solo album in 2014. Jez and Andy forming a new band called Black Rivers, which has an album on Spotify. Uh, And they reformed in late 2018, doing some gigs through 2019. And you get a new album this year from them. I know I'm excited. You're excited? Mm-hmm. Well, so in terms of their career, mm-hmm. so uh, last broadcast, Some Cities and Kingdom of Rust, where does this album stack up for you? I actually feel the top. Oh, okay. It kind of goes in order of releases. Mm-hmm. Although I'd probably put, I think Kingdom of Rust is better than Some Cities. Okay. So I would put them in that order. Okay. Last broadcast, a great album too. Different again. Okay. Very different album. Okay. Um... Yeah, it's a very... I um, met the Doves. Doves. You met? Tea in the Park. I've got a signed Tea in the Park ticket by Doves. Really? Yeah, and I tried to find it when I was at home. So what happened? So basically, they were on... So Some of these bands would do, like, you could do signings and stuff. Nice. And so I waited for a long time, because this was at the height of when I loved this album. Right. And they were playing Tea in the Park. Right. And I waited for a long time. And then it was like that, to get them to sign something. And I went, oh, I don't have any paper. <laughs> So I'm on the car with a pen, <laughs> standing here. So I was like, "What am I going to get them to sign my ticket?" You wouldn't have even had a camera phone that no, you could do a selfie didn't have with. A phone. Oh my god! So what'd you do? They were obviously so I, the ticket. Yeah, I was like, "On the they said pen, it." Please. They were like, "Why don't I sign your ticket?" And I went, "It's a great idea." 
Pure love your album, by the way, pal. PDB, pal. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, okay. That's my... Um... What have you got? So, I found probably a similar interview to you, and what really stuck out for me, because I knew this is what people are going to say. So they get asked a question. The album appeared in quite an interesting period of time. The 90s Britpop hype was over for a few years by then. The new indie wave hasn't quite hit and isn't ready yet. It was the age of bands like Coldplay and Travis. Mm -hmm. How do you remember the time back then? Okay. So Andy says, like I said, we didn't feel comfortable with the whole Britpop thing anyway. Mm -hmm. We wanted to make more of a head album and we were not aiming for commercial success. And then Jess is like, we were just concentrating on our thing. We never looked to how we'd fit in with any scene. I remember us being extremely proud of the record, but prepared to to take a music press battering. Okay. You know, dance guys go indie, etc. But when it was well received, we were a bit taken aback as we were so used to being in underdog mode, flying under the radar. It had been such a tough few years to get that point. Oh. Which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just want to talk about this. Up. Like, for me, in, when I put my, when I listen to this album, where I go. So, I'm at uni. Um, I want to say I'm in my second year. It probably makes sense. What are you sense. studying? I was doing communication studies. Okay. Yeah. In English, so yeah. looking at that, didn't do a career in that. <laughs> so um, I actually thought I wanted to get into journalism. So you I was did. doing communication. I wanted to get into journalism. Wanted to get into writing, maybe public relations, something along those lines. Yeah. Um, I did a couple subjects with English attached to it. Yeah. I did a subject on pop music, and I got the best grade. Well done. So um, at uni, I absolutely loved. It. it was one of those electives you had to take just to fill time, and um, basically I had to do. We had to do a five-minute presentation on your favourite song and why, and I did it on Unfinished Sympathy by Massive Attack. Nice. And basically feel like I... It was like I had to convince people that they should listen to it, and I okay. did. Okay, the, cool. The, anyway, I digress. Anyways, at uni as in Edinburgh. Yeah. Um, and this album was just... How did you find such a it? part of my life. I, I, I want to know. I don't know. I, I'm, I've been trying to think about how I find that. My assumption is... Well, we're just coming off the back of the 90s in indie, and I just loved that genre. Yeah. And I probably read about it, or I probably, it okay. made sense for me to like it. Okay. But I don't, I really genuinely can't remember. I do remember having the album, I remember that cover, and I remember the CD itself was black, and I played that thing to death. And it helped me study, mm-hmm. it helped me sleep, mm-hmm. it just was like, it was like a companion for oh. at least two years. I just loved this album. Okay. I remember like, Wanting to be able to write songs, and I wanted to, and we'll get into the tracks, but I wanted to be able to write a song like Break Me Gently. Okay. I remember Here It Comes just being one of the songs, if I had to do, like, your top 20 songs of uni, mm-hmm. it would be in there. Okay. Okay. It just has, it just has a really, it, I haven't listened to it for such a long time. Yeah. And so to go back to it, and obviously we'll discuss our thoughts on it, yep. was actually amazing. Yep. And it's just so amazing that music puts you back in that place. Yeah. Even though you're sitting in Sydney, Australia, pushing 40, I remember trying to write an essay. Yeah. Having that on in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can of tenants on my desk, you know. <laughs> um, and just different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I loved it. That's lovely. Mm. So this is, this is uh, yeah, we'll kind of spoil it, but um, so this is completely new to me, this mm-hmm. album. So when I listen to it, I think it's it's got a lot of depth to this album that you have to, you have to, you can sail through it, but then if you listen to it again, you pick up more and more and feel more. Um, 
and we'll talk about that as we sort of get through the album. Um, what I've changed, uh, rather than going through singles and videos and then going into the tracks, thanks to, to Alex for some feedback, we're just going to talk about the tracks and when I stumble across one that was actually released, I'll give you some information about it. Yeah. yeah? Rather than doing double up. So let's get into it. Fire Sweet is the first song. What a start. Beautiful. Oof. Really interesting way to open the album, right? What's um? Like it's not words. It's no, it's like not words. Those noises. Yeah, it's a dark, haunting. gorgeous, haunting piece of music. It kind of um, it throws you. Like when I put that on for the first time, I bet you were like, "What's she doing?" I was like, "What is this?" What was she giving me this for? Yeah, I bet you did. I did. You're gonna text me, weren't you? You're gonna go. I was like, "What? Not doing this? What is? Because honestly, the album does throw you off guard a little bit because there's so much to it. And the first time I went, I didn't like that. And then I went, no, no, let's listen to it again. Oh, I listen to it again. And it, as you listen to it, you grow to like it more. Um, so I just want to read. So T. Henry 14 on song meanings. Oh, my God. What an amazing song. Easily my favorite instrumental song. One of the best of Doves and one of my favorite songs, period. I posted it even though it has no lyrics because it is such a beautifully depressing song that I assumed it hold different meanings for different people. After my girlfriend and I split, this was a song I used to listen to a lot. It was the one way I could temporarily escape the world around me for, say, three minutes or so. It holds a lot of sadness for me, but it's such a wonderful song that could nearly put anyone at ease. Great job, Jimmy and the boys. That's, wow. Beautifully depressing song. Uh, Shall we get into playing this? Yeah. Now you we uh, you need to tell me which one you want to play in full. I think we should keep that. We didn't discuss that last night, but uh, I still think we should play each pick a song from the album. Cool with that? Absolutely. Okay, it's not fire sweet for me. It's, it's, you know. Right. Okay, but here's fire sweet anyway. Here it comes. Whoa. So this was, this was their first single. Here it comes, it comes the sound of the sun. You don't know how you feel. I absolutely adore this song. Like, oh. I absolutely love it. Okay. I love the start, because you come out of Fire Suite and you get that drum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's just like, here we go. <laughs> I love it. Stunning, stunning. Uh, so it was the first single, June 99, got to number... 23. 80. Oh. Uh, I can't find a video on this song. Um, I don't know whether it's, it's been pulled down or what, but I couldn't find it. Lots of thoughts on the song. Is it about drugs, finding God, having an affair, suffering from depression? You called out the drums. The drums on this song are excellent. Yeah. Uh, the piano at the end is just gorgeous. 
I really like the song. Is this your pick? No. Okay, but we will play Here It Comes. Yep. Break me gently. Wow. What a stunning piece of music. Yeah. I mean, it's sad. And it's like, just listen to the words, break me gently. I mean, really? I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, I Absolutely. Like, this track is... Because you've just... So far as what you kind of started there, and here it comes just a bit, a bit more. Yeah, yeah. And you go back into break me gently, and I just think, this is one of my... This isn't my song, but this is one of my favourite... Like Dove songs, without okay. doubt. Um, Willow song. Every time I hear the song, it triggers some sort of strange emotion. I'm not sure how to describe it. I just feel at, pay, at peace, sad, content, and reflective all at the same time. I have a story sort of like a few comments above me, but somewhat different. So my family and I were coming back from a trip when we stopped at a rest stop where there's this huge lookout into a valley and there are these beautiful mountains towering above you. I believe it's called Sunset Point in Arizona. Anyway, my dad was fiddling around with the car or something and my mum was letting our dog walk around for a few minutes. So I went and sat on a concrete be- bench next to some old people and looked out at the sunset. It was laden with blazing red, pink and fading orange. I think about it every time I hear this song. That's nice. It's beautiful. Just a sunset. Reminds him of the song. Um, play Break Me Gently. Yes.
Sea Song. This is stunning. Okay. What's your thoughts on this? Why are you saying it like that? No, 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 no. I've got his voice is stunning in the song. So stunning. Uh, the meaning is is open to interpretation. You've got drown in me. Do the things you won't believe. Drown with me. That's the sea and down to sea. Uh, crushing dreams. Leave me be. I cannot sleep. Um, I I really like this song. Um, not my favourite, but it's I like it. You want to play it? Yeah. Okay. Sea song. We haven't skipped the song yet, right? No, no, no. no. Here we, we're, we're about to. Yeah. Rise. I like it, but it's not as strong as others. This is where the album takes a bit of a lull for me. I 100% agree with yeah. you. Um, I actually like Rise. Very soothing. It's very calming. The chorus. Um, the song itself is only two verses and, and a chorus of, mm. of so long. Uh, Wednesday 181. Absolutely my favourite Dove song. It seems more abstract lyrically, so one can apply any meaning to it. Completely reminds me of being drunk on love on the most perfect summer nights under the stars in the middle of the country during a night swim. The ultimate perfect relaxation. See people's thoughts around this album. They're very, they're very different. This is not an Oasis no. song that someone's like, oh, it's it's. People get really attached to this and emotional. Yep. And they they um. So rise. You want to play rise? No, we can move on. Okay, because we're about to do that for a couple. So, Lost Souls. I kind of like Lost Souls. Yeah? I like it. I think it sort of comes back again. Okay. I think, look, look, to me, Rise and Lost Souls, are the, there's always those couple of songs on an album that get a bit lost, and yeah. these are them for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, because we come out again. Um, yeah, so for me, they're always... I don't skip them, I never have. I always let this album play. This is an album that you have to let play. Yeah, I agree. Because it's not... It's like it feels like it's a proper album where you actually need to hear all the songs. Yeah, it's yeah. not, Agreed. oh, I like that song and album, and then we'll yeah. skip that. Agreed. So you let it play, but I go, Far Sweet Here It Comes, Break Me Gently, Sea Song. Like for me, I'm just like, tick, tick, tick. I'm already, like, you're overwhelmed by these songs, and yeah. then you have a kind of a bit of a lull. Yeah, yeah. And these yeah. are those two songs, but I don't, yeah. Okay. Um, I 100% agree. It does sound a little Paul Draper to me, it sounds a little Manson esque on the vocals. I'm not a massive. Fan of the song though It doesn't really go anywhere I've put a note That it's probably The weakest song So far And it's actually The title track Which is Disappointing yeah. mm. um, So I don't want to play Lost Souls So um, I'm going to do it again For Melody Calls what? I'm not a massive fan of it It's a bit dodgy like You need it It's upbeat It's very upbeat I've gone This The chorus is a bit dodgy as in the band uh, It's decent But not a great song Definitely a foot tapper though Play it Oh 
Alright, well I wasn't going to play that, but let's play Melody Calls. None of us. Are we going to pick the same song? Oh no, I hope not. Oh, we, we probably should have talked about this. <laughs> Catch the sun. I'm not playing this. No, this is not my song. No, it's it? not. Oh no, we're going to pick the same song. <laughs> Bagsy's first. I want the man who told everything. Damn it, that was my song. This is my album. I get to do what I want. All right, well, I'll tell you what, you pick the song. Okay, well, you have that because then I'll play, break me gently. All right, okay. Because that's beautiful. I just like the man who told everything is just an amazing song, but we'll talk about that in a second. So we thought, okay. <laughs> so you want me to play Break Me Gently? Okay, right. I'm going to have to think about in my head how I'm going to do that. But that's all right. Let's carry on. Uh, so where are we now? Catch the Sun? Yeah. Um, so this was their third single released in June 2000. Got to number 32. Video's pretty straightforward. Band play live on a stage. What do you think of Catch the Sun? Great song. Yeah. I think they're all, like, all of them. This is an amazing up. Catch the Sun. Melody Calls is upbeat and Catch the Sun is quite too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think, so you've come out of the first part of the album, you've had a bit of a reprieve in the middle and then you come out with a couple of belters, I think, like up more upbeat. Yeah. And you're like, oh yeah. This is why this album is amazing because it's got everything. Yeah. Uh, I dig this. This this for me brings the album back mm-hmm. um, and gets me more engaged with it. Uh, the lyrics are actually great as well. Catch the Sun before it's gone. Here it comes. Up and smoking gone. Catch the sun, it never comes. Cry in the sand, lost in the fire. Uh, So catch the sun, we will play. Told everything. So lesson learned for me and you. We probably should tell each other what we're gonna do. Uh, released in November two thousand, it was the last of the four singles. Number thirty-two. This got to. How good uh, is this song? It's amazing. I mean, obviously, it's not as good as Hearsay and Atomic Kitten. Obviously. Uh, obviously. Um, this is just gorgeous. My favourite song in the album. The chorus is just sung so beautifully. Kind of amazing that they didn't know they had such a good singer in the trio. Like so, yeah. Like yes, you you just picked that this guy's 
obvious he's a great singer, but they didn't know it. And then I'm just like, I think he's a great singer. Great singer. Uh, Genius.com. This is a man who frees himself by telling everything. Telling everything might be a form of confession or redemption for a lie or a secret wrong. It's hinted that the man is political or in a position of public power, as with the lines, time to tell the press. And lives, lives have been wrecked and I've picked up my cheque. It might be thought of as a counterpoint to a song like David Bowie's The Man Who Sold the World, that man potentially being the devil. Um, I love this. This was my pick to play in full. Yours as well? Mm-hmm. Anything you want to add? Just get into it? Great song. Okay.
the Cedar Room. It's a great song. They love this song. They talk a lot about this song being like a turning point for them. There's a lot of people really resonate with this song. Okay. I enjoy it, but I don't. I don't give it as much hype as a lot of others. Yeah. Um. Because I think the best song on the album is number nine. Okay. So then, well, yeah, but it's a great, great track. Okay, so this was a sing- second single, number 33, simple video again around them playing. Um, it's a really sad song. I and I tried to sleep alone, but I couldn't do it. You could be sitting next to me and I wouldn't know it. Did I Duck said this, right? This song pretty much got me into the doves. First time I listened to Lost Souls, it immediately stood out. By the time it had run its eight minute course, it had wound its way tightly around my brain. So this is the doves. And I was never the same. Oh, wow. That's just that, you know what I mean? Like, people are really connected to this band. Uh, so, the Cedar Room. Nice little interlude. Uh, it's quite dark and haunting when the piano hits. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all right. It's okay. But you end with a house. Lovely song. Probably wouldn't have ended the album with a house. No. If I'm honest. Yeah. Um, but not bad by any stretch. And I still listen to it. Like I still. I don't know what I would finish this album on because it's not an album of hurrahs or punches in the face right it's not at all and probably a lot of the albums we'll talk about now aren't really like that Um, so what would you end the album on that's the thing I actually don't know what else I would have yeah okay maybe a man who told everything but you kind of need that in the middle of the album yeah I don't know so it's a hard one because I don't disagree with it being at the end but it's not the normal type of song an album ends on that we're used to yep this won't be your hurrah okay I don't know how many of your hurrahs you'll get in this season yeah, I won't get much, will I? I You've nailed it. So. I don't think I'll get very much because these, the albums that we're going to talk about, don't really form like follow that formula anymore. No. Um, nice song, no hurrah. Obviously, deals with the transition from the burning studio. Um, so obviously, we talked about the fire. It was a day like this, and my house burnt down, and the walls were thin, and they crashed to the ground. It was a day like this, and my life unwound. You could have struck me a line, and that's okay now. We could always put it together again. You could have told me a lie, and a lie so thin, so thin. Now everything's clear. Um, Let's end the show on this. Yeah. Yeah, we'll play out the house. Uh, Reviews. Hmm. And then I want to get your review. Right. Uh, So two out of five, Lara Nara. Sorry? That's the name. Uh, I'm sure every album, I'm sure nearly every album has some usefulness. This one proves that the dividing line between dream and pop is really thin. In fact, it's so blurred, it's almost invisible. 
That's what happened when dullness lies at the basis of your creation. You can try to disguise it under loads of effects and atmosphere, but all there is under that is un- but that's all there is under that clothing and no more. The songs are too long, too bland, uh, and this is just an example as any other in a pretentious album with nebulous and evanescent halo. It's as dull as dishwater. It's not as dull as your review. Laranara. Uh, Laranara. Sean J. Keaton, quite simple, my favourite debut album of all time. Nothing could be approved upon here. It's absolutely perfect. Most people would go with the Stone Roses having the best debut, but really it's just a good album and nothing compared to this majorly underrated gem. What's your thoughts, Stone Roses? It's an underrated gem, no. Right, okay. Harvest, 5 out of 5, probably the most underrated album I know. Dazam, every every note is perfect. I've had this for years on my guitar and the guitars at the beginning of Rise still make my hairs on my back of my neck rise. Um, Mr. Rick. This was on heavy rotation in my house when it came out. I loved the twists and turns, the melodies, the creative use of effects. I remember first hearing Catch the Sun on the radio and wondering if this was the new Oasis single with Noel taking lead vocals. Unfortunately for Oasis, it wasn't them and it was a new band called Doves. It's the kind of music I always felt Oasis should have been making post-Morning Glory. Oh, no. Thoughts? It's not an Oasis album. Wouldn't fit. It doesn't fit them. Uh, you couldn't see Liam doing this. No. Could you hear Liam singing The Man Who Told Everything? Could you hear Liam sing Break Me Gently? No. Not even no, really. Do you see what happened to Liam? What happened to him? He, uh, he, had to, he was in Germany. Three songs in and his voice went... So he's had to cancel some gigs. Literally, there's this video of him singing along and he's, his voice strains and he just walks off. Really cry. Oh! <laughs> Poor Liam. But I mean, he's... Because we've talked about Liam. He, he gives his voice 100%. He does. doesn't, doesn't hang back no, on he does it not. at all. Amazing. And when he's doing gig after gig after gig, you know, and singing crap songs like some might say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, okay. Uh, um... Yeah, now, did you see the other comment about Noel this week? No. Where have you been this week? No, oh. busy. So, literally, I think end of last week, you got Liam releasing his um, acoustic sessions. Yes. Uh, and you had Noel release a new song. Have you heard Noel's new song? No, but it's awful. It's not good. Now, I like his new style, but it's getting a bit samey-samey now. It's getting a bit repetitive, and this, this new track that he's got doesn't go anywhere. Like, it's just, it's, I don't know. Anyway, so, um, there was a, t- Noel basically sent out a tweet saying that there seems to be a lot of talk about reforming Oasis, uh, a band called Oasis. That's just because someone has a new single to promote. Like, they're never getting back together, Lil. Never. Anyway. Maybe this is just all a ruse, and they're actually talking about it going, this is amazing. They're building so much hype, so when it does happen, it's bigger than Ben Hart. Maybe. That's clever. Oh, this is just a great marketing campaign. I'm just going to hang on that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, let's get back to the album, Lost Souls. How do you feel? How did you feel about it then? How do you feel about it now? What, if you were to score it, where would you go? Loved it then. Love it now. Hasn't changed. Hasn't I think faltered. it's amazing. It hasn't faltered. I think it's an absolutely beautiful album. It's cracking. It reminds me of that time. Um, it's haunting. It's underrated, but a lot of people say that, I agree. Um, it resonates with me. It's absolutely beautiful songwriting. It's com- it's a different style. Like, we know we're coming out of Britpop, and I like that. Like, I do like that. 
Um, if I was to re- if I was to give this a rating, it would be eight and a half out of ten. Eight and a half. Okay. Um, for me, this was this was an onion. This was a first listen. I was like, oh, what have you given me? How can we kick off the season with this album? <laughs> And then I listened to it again, and I listened to it again, and I listened to it again. And with every listen, I liked it. I liked it a lot more. Look, it's probably not a go-to album for me. I don't have the the memories that you have of this album, and it's probably not going to fall into my whole heavy rotation on Spotify. But it is a really, really good album. Seven and a half out of ten. All right. Okay. You alright with that? That's a pretty good score. It's not bad. Yeah. Okay. Because what we're going to do as we discussed last night, is we're not... Before, we'd pre-rated them. Yeah. And that's how we did the countdown. Yeah. This time they're not. No. So we're going to reveal the ratings at the end. Yeah. And then we're actually going to then announce the, like the... After we've counted all the scores, we're going to talk about what the top three albums were. Yeah. So, right, so I'll add this one up. So that's So I think that the call-up from last night was the, the listeners, right? If you send us an album, we both don't like it. <sighs> Be prepared for the reading. Be prepared. All right, so what's happening with the Doves? So Doves on Twitter, at Doves Music Blog. Touring. Uh, they have a one gig in April with Heavenly Recordings Weekender um, in April coming up. Um, but they've confirmed their next album will drop this year. So we're going to get more music from them, which I know you're excited about. Very. Are you ready for the next album, which is my choice? 16 out of 20 as an overall. That's not bad. Not bad. Not bad way to start the series. Not bad. I'm happy with that. Happy. You, you ready for the next one? My choice. Your choice. Well, actually, you? not my choice. A couple of people. A couple of people are with me Did on this they? album. Were yeah. they? No, no. Go then. A band we haven't talked about uh, at all. Uh, and I know you're not a fan of these. Oh, well, why would you pick it? Because I like this band. And I, I've really enjoyed researching Do you really them. love this album? Yes. Like, from the bottom of your heart and soul? Yes, yes. Okay. JJ72's debut album. Now, come on. Do you remember me trying to get you into this album? Yeah, and what happened? You didn't like it. Right, so why are you trying again 20 years (laughs) later? JJ72. JJ72. We're going to talk about them uh, next episode. How do you feel being back in the... the... Good. I really enjoyed that. My headache's still there though, so that's been... You're looking a lot better than when we started this. I need something to eat. I feel a bit queasy, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. So the last ten minutes has been a struggle. So. Um, yeah, I and JJ72 just maybe pushed you He just that. tipped me over the edge. I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. Wow. It's pouring rain, I've got to drive home. Like, none of this. What it is you... chucking it down. I may as well listen to JJ72 in the car home. Just sums up that. <laughs> just get it over and just done do with. it. Um, Alright, well, we're on Facebook and Twitter at Britpop Banter. Send us um, any sort of albums you want us to add to the list or talk to. Um, the more the merrier. And uh, we will see you next time. Yes. So good. Yeah. It's a bit weird. Yeah, we're finally back. Alright, thank you. See you later. Bye.